It's Seacoast Real Talk with John Rice. Exploring Southern Maine and New Hampshire Seacoast real estate and real life. He's the recognized expert of the Seacoast market with the kind of insight that only comes with 47 years of experience. From Tate & Foss, Sotheby's International Realty in Rye, New Hampshire, it's John Rice. Hello, everybody. Hi, Michelle. Hi, Sean. Hey, John. Hey, Michelle. Hello, everybody. Today's episode, I know it seems a little weird that we're going to be talking about golf courses, even though it's November, November 14th to be exact. How's the weather there, guys? Cold? Really cold. Yeah, okay. it changed really so quick. About 32. <laughs> okay. We're not really thinking about golfing right now, but <laughs> I don't think it's ever too early to start thinking about if especially if it's a dream that you've always wanted to do. So with that in mind, let's start with the market report and then we'll get right into, so you want to live on a golf course. Let's do take a look at the Seacoast activities and the 13 sample Seacoast towns. You could say that the effective mortgage interest rates and median prices has really come home to roost because October sales of single family homes in this area were the lowest level since 2011. So that's 12 years and Despite another robust month for $1 million sales, sales in the three other price categories tracked by the SBR, which is 400 to, well, let's just key on two of them, 400 to 700 and 700 to 1 million, they fell to their lowest level since April. So the monthly, but the monthly median price, it just continues to go up as it does across the country. It went up to 732,000, which that's the median for what you'd pay for a single family house in the Seacoast area. And that's very close to, it's almost exactly what you'd pay in the greater Boston area. We have become sort of a, a pricey area as people like the fact that of all the amenities that we've, we've talked about before, the things to do, and, and not to mention the fact that New Hampshire has no sales tax and more importantly, no income tax. So the 732 median was the highest for the year uh, since June's record 750,000 and ready for this, it's up 32.4% from last year. So for the first 10 months of 2022, single family sales are now off 16.1%, while the median price of 675 for when you add in all 10 months. Now, we, we were talking in October, but just looking at the 10 months cumulative, the median price is 675, which is a 10.6% improvement over last year. So that's the story on single-family homes. I can tell you a little bit about condominiums. We had 54 transactions. That was the fewest on the condominium side since in 10 years. And there were seven $1 million-plus sales, and that was actually the second-highest monthly total for the year. So once again, sort of mirrors single-family sales. The median of 553732 for a condo in the Seacoast is the second-highest behind June's record 615. So kind of impressive on the condo side. And for the year now, the sales are off cumulatively 15.1%, while the median sale price for the first 10 months of 2022 is up 27.7% at 510.5. So you're seeing the kind of the reaction of uh, interest rates ticking up and prices ticking up and uh, those who can afford the market without even glancing at their bank account or without needing to apply for a mortgage. That's where the major action is. And unlike what the Wall Street Journal said about the recession hitting million dollar sales, we haven't really seen that yet in the Seacoast. We've seen 
the top prices start to ease down off the $5 million mark, but uh, the volume of million dollar sales has not appreciably altered at all. It's still a relatively solid market. So you answered my question. I was, did interest rates have an impact on your region? Did you have to, you know, did, did anybody's dreams get busted in the last few months since we've talked because all of a sudden they're priced out because of the higher interest rates? Well, it's strange you should ask that question, Michelle, because I just did prepare a little story about interest rates. Since uh, everybody talks about them and how are they affecting the Seacoast and the market in general. And so I thought it would be worthwhile to take a, a little time to just see what interest rates have actually done, because there's a lot of misinformation out there. It hasn't been as dramatic as one might think, but they have ticked up to an area which is significantly higher from where they were. So um, the rise of interest rates has brought on dire prediction of real estate recession, downward pressure on asking prices, uh, and folks priced out of the market one way or the other. And, and in fact, we are seeing some of that going on. But also we're seeing, and I read today in the paper, that you got to be very careful about making any hard and fast predictions right now, because just when you want to say that interest rates are going through the roof, they're not. They drop. Mm-hmm. And we just saw that uh, today uh, where the interest rates had topped seven. They fell, I guess, last week, three quarters of a point down to, uh, I think right now you can tuck yourself into a six and a quarter percent 30-year fixed rate at this point. So let me first add a disclaimer here that I'm I'm a realtor, not an economist. Mm-hmm. I'm not even a mortgage banker. And I don't really like getting into that stuff that much. It gives me a migraine headache. Uh, but <laughs> But I am also an amateur real estate statistics geek. And as far as I know, I'm the only person who's been keeping real estate stats for the 13 sample Seacoast towns since 2009. So you really have to love that that geeky stuff. Absolutely. And, and this is what I've observed about interest rates. First, let's look at what really happened. Starting in January of 2021, we had a record low, which, ready for this, it's hard to believe, but it was 2.65%. So no wonder you had open house lines stretched out the door and way down the driveway. I remember taking, I'm sure Sean did too, and taking a number to get into a house. And then a year later in January, rates creeped up to 3.22%, a little bit of an uncomfortable feeling. And a month later, rates now uh, sneak up to 4.53%, and your open house attendance is starting to thin out a little bit. And then something interesting, if you weren't watching rates daily, you could miss the fact, like anything else, rates rose a few points, and then they dropped back again. In April, rates hit 5.42%, but then trended downward and hit 5.22% in August. So those of you who are looking for a steady curve, there wasn't any. It was mm-hmm. all over the map. Nonetheless, with inflation, the hot-button item that it is, the Fed's got serious in September, and uh, that might have caused the stock markets to react negatively. And I, I don't think it helped the real estate market one bit. Rates suddenly climbed into the near burdensome territory of 6.11% in September. So we're higher than we were in September to about 7.3% as November got underway. And that seriously burdensome stuff. Sales of single family homes had fallen 13.9% from the end of September, but median prices continued to climb. They were up 7% from a year ago. So 
But as I mentioned, interestingly, in our luxury $1 million market, sales volume increased 20% through September, clearly a function of cash buyers out there and bucking national trends, um, as even the vaunted Wall Street Journal was reporting. And this also despite a depressed stock market, so people's portfolios were down. So this money is coming from lots of COVID people stuffing the money away and during COVID in their mm-hmm. closets and their socks and stuff like that. <laughs> so so sales did drop and where mortgages were needed, however, and they fell, and then as we mentioned in those price brackets, they fell 22% in the, in the 700 to $1 million range and 15% in the 400 to 700,000 range. So real estate is becoming very price range sensitive to this mortgage market. So what does this mean for the Seacoast buyer? Affordability still remains a function of very limited inventory, which keeps prices high. That's the law of supply and demand. But now you're adding interest rates to things. So with our monthly median price reaching 750 in June, that hasn't helped buyers. The the 90-day forecast so far is for rates to go even higher, possibly 7.75 or more. But the good news is that some experts predict rates will drop into the 5% range next year. So if you're beginning to say, well, what's he, first he says they're going to go up, then they're going to go down. You know, what's he talking about? And the the answer here is that don't make any predictions because like last week, you want to say, oh, woe is me, gloom and doom, and interest rates fall. And mm-hmm. then you say, oh, well, at the, everything is over, get right back out there, and then they go back up again. So anyway, be that as it may, it's uh, interesting to add a little antidote in mm-hmm. this. I, I bought my first home in Portsmouth back in 1977, and I looked it up. My mortgage interest rates, you're going to gag, was, my, was 8.85%. And I paid $38,000 for a home that recently transferred for well over a million dollars on the North Mill Pond in Portsmouth. And I know that by, uh, that was 1977, by 1979, Rates were over 11%. So when you ask about where rates can go, they can they can go. So we, we don't really want to see the real estate clock turn back to the 1970s. Um, but of course, the good news back then was there was at least stuff for sale back in the good <laughs> back in the good old days. At the end of the day, I'm going to conclude that prices and sales volumes are going to probably be negatively impacted. But you know, don't take this to the bank. That, that would be the more logical reaction to where to what the effective interest rates are. And at the same time, the lack of inventory should serve to keep the bottom from completely falling out of, of prices if there's any type of a thing that gets rolling. If you have a lack of inventory, you're going to have the law of supply and demand working in favor of, of keeping prices strong. Mm-hmm. So as I look down south where the sun is right now, I, I, I could see all those bargain hunters massing at the, on the New Hampshire border down in Massachusetts. But if they're looking for deals, they may have to wait a little while because they're not going to be any big deals anytime soon, I don't think. Okay. So that's my fearless, fearless look. Great report there, John. Yeah. Thank you. That was a lot of Thanks, great John. great information on the uh, the Seacoast market. And yeah, I mean, it's, you know, you. it's supply and demand, like John said. Uh, you know, I, what I see going around a lot right now is marry the house and date the rate. Uh, you know, if you can... Huh. Yeah, if if you can work with the the higher interest rate right now, you know now six months from now, can you refinance out of that, or a year from now? So can you deal with the short term pain, in hopes that I mean again, it's a gamble. Are are you willing to take that risk? So you know it's unique to each individual buyer. 
those are the things that you need to hear when you are kind of in the middle of, you know, if you're, if you want to buy and you're going through roller coaster of what's happening every day, it seems like something different is happening. Yeah, so, you just got to keep your eyes off the news, right? I mean, it's all, always doom and gloom on the news and the headlines. So if you keep reading that every day, you'll probably never buy a house because you just think the, the rug is going to get pulled out from underneath you based on what the headlines are saying. So just stick with John and Sean. Let them help you through. They will hold your hand. They will help you through this. And they will help you analyze this doom and gloom. So stick with them. Use your resources in your real estate agent. And by the way, we are coming into the cold weather season. All you have to do is step outside this morning. And, you know, that's the time of year when there aren't that many buyers and not many things to sell. But I think that interesting things happen in the winter. It's not a, it's not a time to completely overlook what's out there in terms of inventory because some bargains can be had as the snow starts to fly people say oh i'll never sell my house blah 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 so maybe sellers are more prone to taking an offer at this time of year there's got to be a certain urgency to want to sell your house in the winter time too that's right and somebody needs to move somebody has to make a change they're going to have to do it so you know to kind of build on that is now that we don't have as many buyers looking at homes it's also a good time to buy because now the multiple offer situations aren't as robust as they once were, escalating prices up. You know, it seems like it's, you're more likely to get in a home, you know, based on what Mm -hmm. your price point is. But, um, you know, it's just, we're not seeing that escalation in pricing like we once saw. For the right property, you'll still see it though. Mm -hmm. All right. So uh, for, I don't know, what are you supposed to say? (laughs) So you want to live on a a golf course home, huh, Michelle? I I always thought that would be really great because you can just walk out your door and go do your hobby. Is it that great? Or are there problems what's the good the bad the ugly of living on a golf course sean and you're a golf expert you're a former pro tell us about it well yeah i mean obviously the pros are the scenery um it doesn't get much prettier than a well-maintained golf course especially here in the seacoast area i would say the cons are if you're not a golfer you may not want to be on a golf course home if you know you're, you're worried about your home getting hit by stray golf balls that would be the biggest con i would say you want solar panels on a roof on a golf course home might not be the best idea. <laughs> so the seacoast of New Hampshire is home to some really great golf courses. Uh, some of those courses are Wentworth by the Sea Country Club, Abenaki Country Club, Golf Club of New England, Breakfast Hill Golf Club, Sagamore Hampton Golf Club, Exeter Country Club, Portsmouth Country Club, and Pease Golf Club. So there's a lot of golf courses within the seacoast area. Now that's a mix wow. of some some public, some private courses, but there's golf to be had by Every every price point, I guess I would say, in this region. Many of these courses have outstanding water views and some, you know, just kind of meander through the wooded areas of the seacoast. So, you know, of all the golf courses that I just mentioned, two of them stand out to me as having, you know, ideally located golf course homes. The other ones do have homes around it, but not directly on a golf course. Like on a fairway, you could walk out and hit a golf ball and start your round. So those two courses are Wentworth by the Sea Country Club and Abenaki Country Club, which are located in Rye. Abenaki is interesting as it's very close to the ocean, but you don't have any holes that go out onto the ocean. And you only get a few peekaboo views of the ocean from very, you know, you have to know where to look uh, from certain tee boxes. But here there's, you know, a wonderful mix of older colonial era homes, as well as homes that are built as early as the 2000s. So you have a good mix that can accommodate a variety of homeowner styles. So those choices are nice to have, uh, and especially being in Rye. And so earlier this year, there was a home sold on Abenaki, and it was actually represented by Tate & Foss, Sotheby's International Realty. And that home sold for $6.4 million. 
and it was the highest price since 2007. Whoa. For a home like that, yes. That's a lot of money. I didn't realize it was yeah, that much. Yeah, significant sale there. I think it last sold very close to that price in 2007, right at the peak. Mm -hmm. So not on the water, but on a golf course. Not on the water, direct on the golf course. I mean, just spectacular home. It's a one-of-a-kind type of property. Now, the other golf course here in Rye, Wentworth by the Sea Country Club, you could say has maybe for some the more spectacular golf course homes, because not only are you located right on the golf course, you also have just spectacular ocean views on Heather Drive. John, you must be familiar with Heather Drive. Yeah, I just did an appraisal there. So okay. I'm speaking, I'll let, I won't steal your thunder until you tell me to. All right. Sounds good to me. <laughs> so again, these homes not only have stretch of just beautiful golf course, you've got the, the ocean views, Wentworth by the Sea Marina and Hotel, and views of Whaleback Lighthouse. And these homes are, you know, con consist of mostly newer homes built from about 1999, 2000 and onwards, with the latest one being finished just this year. The most recent sale on Heather Drive was in June of 2020, right as the COVID market was beginning to heat up there. And that sold for uh, $4.6 million. Now, the highest priced property on Heather Drive was sold in 2006, again, close to that peak in the 2000s there, for 4.75. And most of these homes on Heather Drive are four to five bedrooms, five or more bathrooms, and square footage, 6,000 to nearly 10,000 feet of finished space. Huge. Oh yeah. God. So those those homes, I mean, if you take a drive, you'll see just how spectacular the views are when you have golf course in front of your home and then just perfectly blue water and scenery after that. In conclusion, there's a there's a variety of golf course homes here in the seacoast area. You know, again, specific to Rye is where you're going to find most of them. We don't see them come on the market that often. Uh, some of these are done private sales. I'll just add that I came in a little over five on a property that I was involved with, even though there had been no sales in that area for five. But it uh, just seems to me that if, if something came available and it was done and it was an upscale, like the rest of the market there at that time, that it would probably sell for over five. Now, having said that, you know, we, we've already discussed how volatile the market is and how prices are cooling. And it's getting harder and harder to sneak over that $5 million line right now. So um, Sean could be spot on if we if we talk about prices in there around the four eight level, something like that. Yeah, and that's a one of a kind street going right. in there, Wentworth by the Sea Country Club. You know, I don't really know where else you're going to find anything like that. Those are two rarefied places. I guess I guess the difference between the Abenaki properties and Heather Drive is that definitely Heather encompasses the double header of being both golf course and water properties. Water quality, you definitely see Newcastle. You look from Rye across Newcastle Harbor. There's more water involved on these properties. They're not on the water. They have a golf course between you and the water, but they do have water views, gorgeous views on top of being what they are, beautiful homes. So, Sean, what's your plan right now that you're working on so you can have that one day? <laughs> Stay the course. Stay the course I'm on. I think, I think it'll come. The way he's going, uh, I'd say in about two and a half years, maybe. Yeah, I don't know about that, John. You're working on it, though. That's all that matters. Right. Any other pros and cons of living on a golf course that people maybe didn't think about? Uh, maybe a con would be if you are not a fan of the mowers in the morning, depending uh, on the proximity of your bedroom to the golf course. And you're going to hear that almost every day, I mean, right? Just Maintaining things. Yeah. Every Weed whackers. Day. The whole thing. That's you know, and then true. again, you know, throughout the day, there's there could be certain projects or maintenance events happening that uh, may impact the noise level if you're trying to peacefully enjoy your backyard or pool or 
Okay, anything else you want to add in? Well, just a few fun facts that I ran across yesterday as I'm getting ready to go on the air with you guys. First, you know, back when I was president of the Seacoast Board of Realtors, which was and actually the state president, I think that was like 10 years ago, everybody was talking about how New Hampshire is one of the oldest states in the country and we're exporting all our youth, blah, 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 gloom and doom. And I saw an article yesterday in the New Hampshire Business Review, which says uh, why millennials are choosing New Hampshire as their new home. And in fact, since 2015, New Hampshire has had the fifth largest percentage increase in population among the 25 to 29-year-old age group in the nation. Wow. wow. And, That's an interesting and stat there. Isn't that, isn't that mm-hmm. interesting? Yeah. Not only that, from 20 to 21, we had the highest birth rate of any state in the country. So uh, young little, families. Little old mm-hmm. New Hampshire. Why are people moving here? And uh, I will say that, uh, unfortunately, Manchester is the place that people seem to be going to rather than the Seacoast. I shouldn't let that out here on a Seacoast program, but, you know, we'll tip our hat to them. And the interesting thing is, having said that, so many of our clients live in Manchester and want to retire here to the Seacoast. It's like a stepping stone. Right. That's exactly it. There are positive reasons, big reasons for why Manchester has uh, grown so much. And uh, I guess this all started, and Sean would, I'm sure, agree with me, this this is kind of a COVID-19 effect. When people from across the country were locked in in big urban areas and afraid of what the disease might do to them, they started reading the New Hampshire propaganda about the mountains, the lakes, the skiing, living outdoors, and not the fact that you're not living on top of one another. And when that all that COVID cash got saved up and it was time to we're coming out of COVID, guess what? The millennials anyway are flocking here to the state. So that's a really good positive thing. I just thought I would throw that out as a little trivia thing. And then from uh, the sublime to the absurd, our podcast fried clam team, remember what's that, <laughs> was out there looking carefully at uh, where the best fried clam was. And you'll recall uh, Bob's Clam Hut was mentioned. And lo and behold, I noticed yesterday that in the best of the Seacoast winners, which just came out yesterday, and we take that with a huge grain of salt, but nevertheless, Bob's Clam Hut was ranked number one. And also one of the best summer dining places was Petey's and Rye, which finished number one in this esteemed podcast's poll. That's Uh, right. So, you know, Sean and I can pat ourselves on the back for all the scientific research we've done to, uh, to bring you and our faithful readers just where you might find that really nice golden fried, crisp fried clam while you're looking for real estate with us. That's right. So, Well, I can't believe it's already Thanksgiving time and it is time to discuss giving thanks to everyone around there. I'm thankful for you and you know, John and Sean for working on this podcast. And does everybody have great plans for the holiday? Oh, yes. Family plans. And uh, okay. it's and I wish everybody who's listened and I, I know our numbers continue to grow, which is very cool. So I wish you all, especially... Happy uh, holiday season, because the holidays, we won't be back until the new year. That's right. When we may talk about beaches. Definitely, we should talk about beaches again. Uh, Sean, what is your plan for the holidays? Low-key, spend it, you know, with the family. It looks like we might have a white Thanksgiving this year uh, where we're going, some snow coming up north. But yeah, just, you know, looking forward to enjoying the holidays and and ringing in the new year. It's unbelievable. Okay. 
I can't believe that we're going to, we're already talking about that. This year <laughs> has flown by. Okay. So next time uh, in January, we'll talk about beaches and getting yourself ready for, you know, <laughs> the, the beach spring, activities which will spring. be right around the corner at that point. Right. Okay. In the meantime, have a wonderful season, guys. Bye, Thank everybody. You. Happy Thanksgiving. Bye, everyone. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy holidays. Thanks for listening to Seacoast Real Talk with John Rice. If you like what you heard, be sure to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, Google, or wherever you get your podcasts. New episodes are published quarterly. For help with your podcast, find Modcast Productions on the web at modcastproductions.com.